I mean, the hospitality industry seems to bear the brunt of all of it pretty quickly. Every time, every time someone sneezes, it's like, oh God, we're gonna we're gonna close down the restaurant. You start to you start to wonder how much longer can we put up with it. Today on Dirty Linen, we are coming to you from Melbourne in lockdown. Goodness me, how many times have I said those words? Too many. We're talking to Julian Hills today from Navi Restaurant over in Yarraville. I was very fortunate to enjoy a meal at Navi earlier in the year and every great meal is now a glittering pinnacle of memory in my mind while I'm not allowed to go to restaurants for a while. Julian, how are you going? Yeah, good, sort of. (laughs) As good as I can. Yeah, well... Tell me how lockdown number five has struck you guys. Well, this is a bit of a strange one for us. Apart from the business, my um, staff, which have all been with me throughout this whole thing, um, this was meant to be their holidays. So everyone had flights out of Victoria to enjoy their first holiday since 1919. So my daughter's birthday party was meant to be today uh, second second birthday in two years cancelled she's only five so she's well aware of it and um my sous chef's 30th today so Aww. yeah so it's hit it's hit the it's hit the crew pretty hard i think yeah, yeah that's just all a bit heartbreaking it's um i think you know we we really look forward to any little break we're able to sneak in so much these days and you know, i went on a run this morning and i heard a, a very un, unfamiliar sound which was the noise of a plane in the sky and i actually <laughs> looked up and i even videoed it because i was just <laughs> like i just felt like a like a naive plane watcher i was like oh i remember those things yeah well i mean we we moved in on a um, so we're in Kingsville, which is sort of a flight path, um, not extreme, but we moved in here last March and we're, we're waiting to see what, what an actual flight path feels like. So. Yeah, <laughs> could be a while. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's another. What were you going to do for your daughter's birthday party? Well, she, she, had, um, she had 25 kids all set up to have this painting and – you know, we had a morning birthday and then a family birthday um, with cousins and stuff this afternoon. So, um, yeah. I mean, she took it pretty well. I I was quite surprised. I picked her up from Kinder on um, Thursday and she explained that looks like we're going back in lockdown. And she was like, well, maybe we can just decorate our house. Is that, is that all right? Like, yeah, Aww. absolutely. And she said, Dad, if, if we do the piñata, can you not hit it too hard so I can have a couple of goes? <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was good. Like she, yeah, we apologised. She said, that's not your fault. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so pretty grown up. Too much too much to deal with as a five-year-old, I think. But anyway. Yeah, I know. It really sucks. I guess, yeah, kids of all ages and, yeah, of all characters take take it on and deal with it in different ways. But um, she sounds like a trooper, so that's yeah. great. Well, to her, lockdowns mean bakery. So um, dad brings home extra goodies from work on a Saturday afternoon <laughs> rather than not being there. So maybe maybe there's a positive in that. Yeah. Well, I know that in the long lockdown, the Navi Bakery was a bit of a Western suburbs sensation, definitely a highlight of lockdown for 
a lot of people. Um, I'd love to talk about that, but let's just talk about the immediate because you said you were going into holidays, but you still had a few days of trade that you missed out on. Is that right? Yeah. So we, I mean, this, this is our um, Navi's third birthday. So we, we, we do a truffle week. We did for our first and we went to for our second, which got cancelled. So we decided that um, July would be all truffles. Um, so we, we did a truff menu and it was meant to be, yeah, our birthday was Wednesday. So we, we managed to make it to our birthday, which is good. Um, but obviously where yeah, we missed on Friday and Saturday trade. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, you, you sort of, you sort of sense it coming. I didn't, I sense this one coming, but I missed the, they, it wasn't really, there wasn't, there wasn't the rumors that there have been previously, you know, there's been a build up of doesn't matter what happens. We know that it's happening today, you know, whereas this one was like, Oh, it sounds like they might not shut it down immediately. We might get through the weekend, but it will lock down, but maybe we'll get through the weekend. What's happening. And then, like 30 minutes later, it was like ABC's like, no, closing. So It was a really weird one because, yeah, it was a two press conference day and I think when we had the first press conference and it wasn't with the Premier and I, I thought, okay, maybe um, we've, we've held it off. But then, yeah, when you get a second press conference, you're like, hmm, I think, uh, I think it's happening. Um, so what did you do with your truffles, Jules? We sold, we sold most of them. I had a, um, I had a big one. So I had a little sale at Navi yesterday. So we, we had, um, kangaroo tail and truffle lasagnas and rabbit lasagnas and Murray cod poached in truffle, truffle butter broth sort of thing. Um, yeah, which were pretty delicious. And we just sold them, um, as sort of reheat home meals. And then we had an array of truffles, um, almost two kilos to sell yesterday. Um, so we just put them out in different different sizes and prices and sold everything except for a Whopper that was um, 115 grams, which no one wanted to pay for. So we, we thought at the start of the day we probably didn't sell it. We wanted to auction it off um, sort of to help, I don't know, more for my staff. I wasn't going to give them the money but because it wasn't really enough to think at least donate it to some, some sort of thing because I could see um, their moods all, all drop pretty dramatically this week. So, so we, yeah, Beyond Blue, we donated to Beyond Blue, which is nice. Oh, yeah. That's so nice. Um, so was that, a, was that a kind of gesture to your staff that you understood that the mental health ramifications of yet another lockdown were, were pretty, I guess, dramatic? Yeah, a, a small gesture. Uh, um, I mean, we're a small little family and, you know, I'm, well, I'm well aware of how hard it's been for them for the last 18 months. They were well, they're well aware of how hard it's been for me, but, um, yeah, it's, it, what, watching them, like we made the decision to close in July at Christmas time. Cause we're like, well, we've just gone through lockdown. We just want to keep momentum in the restaurant. We don't want to just open to December and then close for our normal holiday. Um, and which is good we didn't because that all got messed up anyway, didn't it, um, that time of year. But um, So we only closed for like that, that week in between Christmas and New Year's um, with this to look forward to 
So we, we planned all this at the start of the year um, around them and they picked their dates and, you know, so we're like, okay, that's a perfect date. Let's do it. And it was looking so good just 10 days ago. <laughs> it's like, looks like we're going to make it. <laughs> it's just so hard to plan anything. It's just, yeah, it's, it's really hard. Yeah. And like on a restaurant um, side of things, momentum, you know, it's one thing not to, not to have the takings and to try to try to keep the your head above water, but also getting momentum into how service runs and how the team works together. Every time, every time you close down, even if it's five days, you have to start from scratch the next time. And it's, yeah, it's not, you know, you do that to yourself in a small business when you go on holidays, but to do it, this is the time, um, you know, to, to have that conversation, oh, what are we going to do this weekend? Are we going to do, you know, they all look at me, we're going to do take home, what are we going to do? It's like, nah, nah, we're just, I'm just going to sell what I can that's perishable and we'll um, we'll just take a break, I guess. This, yeah, it's it, it, this one, you know, usually I can go, okay, I've got it set up, you know, we, we, we've sort of got it sorted in that you know last time we had all the all the boxes and everything but this time it's like we actually had to go buy all the takeaway gear and it's like nah not gonna do it yeah tell tell us about navi for people who don't know the restaurant just give us a bit of a rundown on what kind of place it is well it's it's a little a little fine diner that i set up about three years ago uh it only sits 25 and it only runs four days. It's sort of the idea of um, having work-life balance. And, you know, I, it's stupid to assume that you can own a restaurant and have a work-life balance, but the attempt is there. And we, we do have, um, my wife and I have Sunday, Mondays off together. And then Tuesday is a, a work day, but it's not, I'm not working night service or anything. Um, but yeah, so we're open Wednesday and we, we go and work with smaller farms. We collect all the produce. We've actually started taking interns on a Tuesday to go down the peninsula and pick up everything, um, for the week, all the specially little things that get grown for us. And, um, yeah, so it's a big connection of everyone's involved of we do. So it, it was always meant to be a small team that take onus on a place and everyone that works there is very proud of it, which is nice. Um, and yeah, I, it, we do a we do a um, what we call a eight course. It's more like thirteen courses, a tasty menu. Um, and we everyone there loves it. Like I love it. I, like I wouldn't want to do anything else. But it's it's certainly been certainly been a challenging eighteen months. And, and you see the um, I think I spoke to you at the towards the end of the lockdown last year, and you sort of you've got this picture of how how the progression of a restaurant might work of, you know, we're going to, we're going to slowly build up to these are the points. We're going to hone in on things, but with the stop start thing is like, ah, am I meant to open more impressively? Like I want to, there's all these things that I wanted to work on slowly to, to get to this point, but I want to, I want to open and I've got all these things that we want to do and implement. Do we just open going back to what we were doing that we know was good? Or do we try to change it? Uh, yeah. So every time we close down, there's that thought, okay, what well, should, should we change the way we do stuff? But, um, 
yeah, you know what I mean? Just being restless and, and, and not being, not, not the normal flow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you are, I, yeah, I mean, you are always, I guess, pushing in a culinary sense with what you do. Um, but is it, is it that balance between um, constantly innovating but also trying to find a rhythm where it's, which is so difficult in these circumstances? Yeah, well, it's the rhythm. It's, it's getting to a point, you know, we like, I like change. I like things constantly moving, but um, trying to, it, it always feels weird to me to just start up again where we were, if that, if that makes sense. So it's sort of, feel like oh we've had a break well we should come back with a with a bang like you know let's completely change the way we do that but realistically it's quite hard to (laughs) to get to that point and you dream too big too quickly I guess I don't know if that sounds right but yeah well it's the the image that's coming to my mind as you're speaking is is kind of of a river and it's like does the river keep flowing sort of underneath even while um and this i'll see how far we can extend this metaphor even while the like the top the top of the water's dammed somehow and it's stopped because we're in lockdown but do you is there like this idea that somehow the creative progression of the restaurant should still be flowing along underneath somehow and and you can open and it's you know somehow it's been developing um even while you've been closed but I, I think in some way it's like you need that energy and momentum and, uh, and after five lockdowns who's got that yeah i mean exactly it's the um everyone thinks you know lockdown takeaway it, it last year felt harder work-wise than when we're open like harder more energy went into navi to do these take-home dinners than goes into navi to run as it is you know and it's just just the way we the way yeah i think maybe working outside your normal comfort zone um so it's a little bit more challenging and um I've, i think i'm a bit of a perfectionist so i i can't just let things slide i've got to i've got to make it improve everything i do all that so i focused on that and stopped focusing on what we could do with navi when we reopened so the the idea of what where we go when we reopen doesn't doesn't come until we've stopped doing the takeaway. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So t- tell us about the bakery. and I mean, tell us about you and sourdough in the first place and then talk about how you spun that into a bakery last year. Well, uh, I, I had this idea that um, I love baking bread. Anyway, I've got a, it's my first child. This is my sourdough. I've been feeding it, feeding it for a bit over 10 years. Um, and I had this idea that I'd open a bakery. Like it was just a dream. It wasn't, it never came to fruition, but I've been talking about it a lot before Christmas in 2019. And when lockdown happened, my staff were like, do your bakery. Let's do your bakery. I was like, ah, oh, okay, we'll do it. Um, and I guess that was good that I now know that I don't want to own a bakery. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was, it was fun, but it was, you know, early mornings and flour in every little part of the restaurant. Like we had a uh, laminator in the center of the dining room, this big thing. And I just, the, the day that we're allowed to, they announced that we might be opening in two weeks. Um, and it was at the end of May. It was like, get this out of here. I, I want my restaurant back. I, <laughs> I want it to feel like Harvey again. Um, yeah. So, so it went really well, but I, uh, it certainly made me realise that there was there was a a dream I wouldn't be following. <laughs> yeah. Um. And you also opened 
an, another place um, through the course of the pandemic. So tell us about Zimogy. Yeah, so that's um, it, it was sort of pop-up. Like when they announced that we could have outdoor dining and it looked like the summer would be just outdoor dining, uh, I got together with the Hot Kitchen guys. Um, so I've known them for quite some time. He was the winemaker. Uh, Sam Hamber was the winemaker at Paringa when I was there. Um, that let's let's take this space on and do a fun beer garden and do really good food in a beer garden setting. Um, and it went really well. And but also, Navi opened up at the same time. And um, so it was it turned into a very hectic summer. Um, but it was yeah, it was it's a lot of fun. A lot of um, working with the ferments and and um, doing a different style, trying to keep my same ethos of food in the in the menu as you know texture sweet sour you know the fermentation but um simplifying it for the beer garden and yeah it's gone really well uh, the winter obviously um these these lockdowns take a lot bigger hit there than they do at nabi because we've we've learned how to flick the switch on the the nabi home thing but they're um you know, we lost we lost Valentine's just just coming to the end of summer. That was a huge hit for us. Um, that's when we had the most staff on that we'd had, and um, such a big loss for us. And then, and we didn't do anything. We just closed down because it's like, okay, it's three days. We don't really have the energy to try to work out how to how to do this. Well, um, you know, Hop Nation had their own issues trying to sell home beer, and me trying to do Navi. So um, we we sort of left it then, and then it happened again. So we've started doing a little take home thing now, which works well. But uh, it's it's a lot harder there, knowing that we've got this second thing. Um, I'm meant to be expanding Navi into next door, and that you know I got offered this space. I wish they'd offered it to me probably at the end of next year, not this year. But it sort of felt hard to say no to a the space next door when I'm bursting at the themes with our customers. So, um, yeah, it's sort of hard and tricky to work out what I'm meant to do <laughs> with, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of balls to keep in the air. Because, um, yeah, Zimogy is quite a large beer garden and there's also an indoor space there. It's sort of built around a grill and, as you say, fermentation and also that partnership with Hop Nation Brewers. And then Navi's, you know, dinner it's set menu it's much more composed dishes um but also a big focus on i guess fermenting and and preserving can you just give us a little explanation of how you might take a a bit of produce or a a dish um and the different approaches you'd take to it for the two places well um, i mean it's not too different to tell you the truth i um ingredients Ingredients and as a whole are the most important thing. So, um, like we obviously at Navi, we're going to fillet a fish and serve a small fillet, and I'm going to try to get all those textures into so five butts. Where at Zymergy, I try to get it all into something that shares you can share. So it's the approach. The approach has been a bit nicer. Where I can say oh, I can get a whole fish and sell a whole fish at Zymergy. Where at Navi, obviously I can't do that. Um, you, you don't want a whole fish in the middle of your 13 courses. So um, 
cooking cooking um, whole whole side things like we for instance we did a pork neck that we um, we rubbed in a charcoal um, miso sort of crust and just to be able to slow roast that and slice that off um, again you can't you can't really do that at Navi it's yeah so kind of stuff is it's it's only a different approach in um, how much we can serve on a plate. I, I think I've always, always looked at, um, I, I, when I used to do a la carte, I hate the idea of just putting a filler on the plate so you could serve a really nice piece of meat. Like I wanted the focus to be the meat, but you know, when people come out and they order just for main course, they, they expect, you know, there to be a, um, a, a potato or something on there to, to, to fill them up. And the idea of filling people up with just just for the sake of it, so they can eat a small bit of produce. Where at Zymergy, we don't have to do the fillers because the fillers are part of the menu. So um, it's it's a similar style in cooking. So it's not it's not like here's a steak, veg, and um, and your your base your base sort of filler, potato, rice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So every dish, people can sort of build a meal in that way if they want to, but every dish can stand on its own merits as well. Sorry for saying it wrong about a million times. So it's, yeah. Zymergy. 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 Is, um, it's, the, it's funny because, because it was a pop-up, it wasn't discussed properly. <laughs> we, we've had a few, a few um, debates leading into Christmas and then it was like, um, we, I think we were, we were all, the three partners were all saying it slightly differently. Um, which is funny. <laughs> Maybe I'll but, say it Zimajai um, from now yeah, on. But it's Zimaji. That's what we're locked in on. What does it actually mean? So it's the art of fermentation, um, predominantly in beer though. So it just seemed seemed fitting with um the way I was gonna I was gonna work with the food, the preserving and stuff and then and matching it to the beer. So it's 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 there for good now. Um as long as we don't keep locking down. Um, it's quite a little hub there where it is in uh, Footscray West. There's lots of great places to eat there now. Well, not that, I mean, they have been for years, but it's just like it, there's so much variety and, um, yeah, it's just really cool. Yeah, it's a it's a good little strip. There's um, a few new places opening up soon. Um, it's, yeah, it's going to really, really change that little area, which is good. Um, yeah, it's it's a good area. There's... there's um, I guess I guess the the people of Mist, Yarraville and Kingsville and Seddon are sort of in Footscray West and it's getting very cool. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of um the neighborhood, tell us about your community that the and the community that's really supported Navi. Like did you learn something more about the the place where the restaurant was situated through all the adversity? Um I I did. I I mean I I was pretty amazing to see the support um, straight off the bat, like I couldn't, you sort of, like we realized that a lot of locals ate at Navi. Um, and then there's a lot that have been trying to eat at Navi that came out to sort of show their support, which is nice. I, we, um, you know, I've, I've, I live pretty close, so I, I know a lot of faces around here anyway. So most people I dine, I'm, I'm trying to work out whether they've, they live next door to me or they've dined before, you know, do you know what I mean? So it's, it's, um, 
you know, a lot of the people, you know, people that I go to daycare with or um, kindergarten, um, yeah, it's it's a lovely little community that everyone knows everyone, and it's a lot smaller than you think. Like it's not like it's I don't know I haven't I haven't lived anywhere in um, in Melbourne for a while, but like in North Melbourne, North Melbourne was just a just a big, big big suburb that you didn't you didn't it didn't have a community sense. Whereas this whole whole area, Yarraville, Seddon, and Kingsville, and and Footscray. I mean, I called Navi navi because it means local in cherokee because it um it was sort of to fit because i knew the local the local support for places around here was big yeah which is why i named it local yeah and do you have a connection with um that american uh yeah the, the american culture well i i personally i mean my dad my dad's heritage is cherokee so um like it's great 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 grandparents so it's just it's a it's a just a play on words that I didn't want to just say local and we were sort of looking for different names and um, I think Dad said why don't you try some Cherokee words I was like okay and then yeah that's how we it's pronounced Nawi but spelt Navi so <laughs> again Zymergy Jimergy Submergy <laughs> yeah. Um, I love it. It's amazing. Um, speaking of uh, people opening cool things and giving them great names, can we just mention Barry who went and opened Warcop? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, tell us about Barry Susanto and his time at Navi, what he brought to the place and what he's gone on to do. Yeah, well, I mean, Barry Barry was at Navi from day dot, um, like the nicest guy you'll ever meet um, and and like – there was no, no ever, um, never any question about his um, support for Navi. Like he, he loved Navi just as much as I did. He, he, you know, he breathed and lived it. Um, and then with with lockdown, um, he started to get. He wanted to do something, something um, on his own and sandwiches. He just he wanted he he really wanted to bring Indonesian cuisine somehow and make people try the flavors rather than um just like an indonesian restaurant so yeah the sandwiches great concept <laughs> they're pretty delicious too and so he said he road tested some of his sandwiches so they're like indonesian indonesian dishes whether like randang or chicken taliwang and just really gado gado but all in sandwiches and it's just so irresistible but he, he told me that he road tested them on you guys during lockdown yeah Yes, he did, and um, like we, we've got the to two toaster machines there that we were cooking um, crumpets on, so sandwich presses. So he, um, yeah, they they got fired up for him, and um, yeah, the the beef rendang is like, I'm like, this is good, but you, yeah, make it more rendang. Like like, I want to taste all that ginger and lemongrass and everything, you know. So. And he's, it, the sandwiches are good. I really like them. Yeah, they're super tasty. So anyone who hasn't checked out Warcop, and if it's in your 5K, if you're near Richmond, go check it out during lockdown. And if not, just look forward to it on the other side. Um, speaking of the other side, Julian, I guess we're all waiting to see what happens. How are you feeling about the next few weeks? Um, I'm a bit lost, to tell you the truth. Like this, this, we were just having this conversation. For one, 
I don't want to talk politics, but there's there's no clear road. Like I don't want to say the roadmap because it gets, but there's no. We don't seem to have an idea of what a way out of this. Like at some point, some point we've got to start living with it, right? We've we've got to be vaccinated to the point where we can we live with the fact that there's going to be cases in our community, and it just doesn't feel like that point's been talked about or it's coming up anytime soon. So it's and until we start talking about that this is inevitable so don't well, they say don't plan anything because it's a good chance you'll be locked down <laughs> you know that's that's how i feel it's um you know a message of we can't let we can't let this variant in from india because it's worse than what we've ever seen to this variant's here but i you know, run with it. Maybe we can do it without a lockdown in New South Wales. You're like, oh, come on, that's pretty mixed messaging right there. So, what are we? What are we meant to do? What are we, like? Yeah, when the politicians don't really know what they're doing, how are we meant to really plan what we're doing? So the other side, I don't know where the other side is. <laughs> you know, I don't want to sound negative, but. <laughs> Well, that's the reality that we're in, isn't it? And it's, um, you know, as you said at the beginning, it's it's not just about opening the door. It's just the energy that you need to put into gearing up and then gearing down and then gearing back up and carrying staff through these, um, yeah, like practical but also very emotional ups and downs. It's really, it's a really, it's a big burden. Yeah. So, I mean, the hospitality industry seems to um, bear the brunt of all of it pretty quickly. Um, I sort of, you sort of see that around here in this area that there's, there's a lot of people that can work from home and their jobs are only affected by the fact that they can't go to their office. Um, and you know, you sort of, every time, every time someone sneezes, it's like, Oh God, we're going to, we're going to close down the restaurant. I got to work out what to do with everyone. Yeah. And I look, I know I'm not alone in this and I'm probably better off than a lot because I've got a small place. Um, yeah, well, it's I guess it is tough for everyone in different ways, but it's definitely, well, yeah, I mean, we talk to hospitality people on this podcast and we know just how draining and devastating and difficult it is. Um, and I guess we also see how resilient people are, but you just don't need to have your resilience tested this much, surely. Constantly, yeah. It's, it's, um, you, you start to, you start to wonder, <laughs> that's for sure. You know, how many, how, how much longer can we put up with it every time you get a glimmer of hope? As soon as you think you're getting uh, some momentum, it's, yeah. You just can't. Julian, I've got some um, good advice for you, though. Just have an extra whack at the piñata and um, yeah. <laughs> wish your daughter a very, very happy birthday from all of us. Yeah, I will do. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much for talking to us. I'm really sorry it's under such difficult circumstances, but I know that you're going to come through and lots of people are going to enjoy beautiful meals at, at Navi and Zymergy in the future. Thanks for bringing what you bring to the hospitality world, Jules, and all the best. See ya. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. 
we air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.